Welcome to Building Astropad. I'm Matt Runge, co-founder and CEO at Astropad, and I'll be taking you behind the scenes at our company where we build software and hardware products for creative people. So if you're a creator interested in starting a business or creating your next big project, join us and let's learn together. Hi everyone, Matt here with Savannah. Hey everyone. And today we're talking about getting press for our Kickstarter. So we had a comment on an earlier episode where we talked about talking to the tech press to get coverage for a Kickstarter or other project you're launching. And we got the feedback that what we were saying was kind of abstract, you know, and like what was the nitty gritty of exactly what we do to get covered by and pitch to the tech press. And well, just so happens that this week we are doing that. Next week, in fact, our Kickstarter is launching and going live. And so Savannah's in the middle of working on pitches for the tech press. So we thought this would be a perfect time to really dive into the details and go step by step through. Yes. It's one of the many things that we're working on in these last, you know, eight days before we launch our Kickstarter. But press is super important and we're saving, you know, a few days to dedicate just to press. And before we get into it, I just want to clarify that we do not use a PR agency. Some people pay for that. And if you do, that's cool. You should always like, you know, outsource your weaknesses if that's, you know, something that, you know, you're not interested in or you don't think you have time for, then hire a PR agency. But on our team, we kind of have a good system for this. And so we decide to do it all ourselves, probably save some money. Save a so, lot of money. They're expensive. At yeah. Least the good ones are <laughs> very expensive. Yeah. So plus, you know, it's our product. Like we're the ones selling it. We know it better than anyone else. And I don't know if I love the idea of using a PR agency that's going to like pitch for you. I don't know. I just think... We understand it. We know it. We know who needs to, you know, see this product, like who our customers are. And so, yeah, we've decided to do it all ourselves. And we've been using this strategy for, I don't know, since the beginning of the company before I was around. So, yeah. And I will also say that we didn't come up with this on our own. Like this is mostly taken from that book. The title, I believe, is Matt. Burned I don't want to ruin. Yeah, burned out bloggers' guide to PR. Yes, and a little bit too. You know, another book that talks about this some much in much shorter detail, but still really helpful is Traction by Gabriel Weinberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but both of them, you know, highly recommend you read them. Take what works for you, and yeah, take bits and pieces of those strategies, and yeah, that's what we've done, and it works for us. So yeah, I just wanted to to mention that. And, you know, another thing is press is super important for any product launch, but especially for a Kickstarter, because you need to reach beyond your current audience in order to have a successful campaign. And you can't just rely on the Kickstarter platform itself, because... Yeah, you'll be kind of limited in your audience. You'll be limited to the Kickstarter crowd when really there are people beyond the Kickstarter platform that would be, you know, find your product interesting. So that's why it's so important to reach out to press and and get covered on 
lots of news sites. Yeah, definitely. And so we had a press strategy meeting. We we sit, sat down, talked about what we're going to do. And how would you describe our overall strategy? How yeah. are we going into this this time? So we started by talking about all of the different press outlets and the audiences that might cover our story. And we kind of broke those up into different categories. So the first category is Apple News, which, you know, we're launching a product for Windows, but we've always been an Apple, like Mac focused company. And so we don't want to exclude the Apple News from talking about our launch for Luna Display on Windows. And the second one is Windows News, of course, because we're launching this product for the Windows community. And so first two categories, Apple News, Windows News. And then there's also like the art and design crowd, Luna Display. We have a lot of creatives who use Luna Display. And so that's another audience that we want to make sure we get in front of. And then there's also just the general tech news outlets. So they're not like super Mac focused or Windows focused, but just more general sites like TechCrunch or The Verge. And then last but not least, there's the mainstream news. That's like Forbes or USA Today, Business Insider, kind of the things that aren't, they're not like super tech focused, but if they covered our launch, you know, it'd be awesome because they have a huge reach. So we started by breaking up, you know, our audiences into those categories and then crafting different pitches for each of those categories. Like what's our angle that we're going to present to each audience? And why did we do that? Why do you think it's important to do that? Yeah, well, it's not really like a one size fits all thing. Like, obviously, we can't pitch a Windows product to nine to five Mac or, you know, another like Apple focused news site. And so we kind of have you have to like read the room a little bit and craft a pitch that is going to resonate with that audience. So to give some examples here. For the Apple news, we're really leaning into the story of, you know, being Sherlocked by Apple. You know, Sidecar came out a year ago, which really kind of impacted our Luna display business. But a year later, we're coming back strong and we're bringing our products cross platform. So we're kind of, you know, evolving on this story of, our relationship with Apple and some of the controversy around that. That's another thing to note. The press loves controversy. So if you can create some spicy controversy to pitch to them, it's more likely that they'll be interested. And, you know, if you want to hear more about like our whole Sherlocking Apple experience, there's a podcast about that from us. The very first, first one. So for the Apple news, we're really leaning into like the Apple controversy. The Windows news, though, you know, it's a little bit easier because we have a Windows product. But the hard thing is that we don't really have any like clout on the Windows side of things because we've always been Mac focused. And so the angle that we're going for there is that, you know, we are a successful Mac app developer 
And Windows has been our top request from our customers for a long time. And now we're bringing our products cross-platform. So for example, like I've been writing subject lines that I want to send to or use in my emails to some of these like Windows outlets. And it's stuff like ex-Apple engineers bring second display hardware solution to Windows or longtime Mac developer adds Windows support to display hardware. We're also really playing up the hardware angle with the Windows crowd. That's something that really sets us apart from other competitors in the second display space on the Windows side. So really leaning into the hardware thing. It's like you have to keep in mind, like, what's going to make you stand out? What's the angle that's going to make you stand out from all the other, you know, news that people are trying to pitch? And we should dig in on that subject line, even some of these subject lines a bit, because there's a lot packed in there. And and the first thing I'll say, too, is it's not that we just come up with one subject line done, right? Subject line is super, super important in the email you write. Maybe It's also email. like the hardest thing to write, Definitely. because... That's like the the subject line is kind of the gatekeeper to your press email. Like if you write a bad subject line, people aren't even going to open it. Why would they if you're not enticing them? And so every single word in your subject line needs to be deliberate and, you know, well thought out. It's hard. Don't well, Yeah, don't underestimate the power of a good subject line. <laughs> I was going to say we should break down like starting with this one. So the first one, X Apple engineers bring second display hardware solution to Windows. So you mentioned the hardware part. Yeah, that's that's key there. What's some other stuff that we snuck into that? Well, I'm leading with X Apple engineers. Like you know, our two co-founders, you and Giovanni, are former Apple engineers, and that's something that sets us apart from the rest of the Windows crowd. Like I think if I was a, a Windows journalist seeing that, I'd kind of look at it and be like. X Apple, like that's kind of interesting. I don't really get many emails in my inbox that talk about that. So it's just, it's something to like set you apart and make you a little bit unique. And then, so it says X Apple engineers bring second display hardware solution. So yeah, like I said, there are other second display competitors out there in the Windows space, but there aren't any other hardware solutions that combine like hardware and software in the Windows space. So with this subject line, we're telling this this interesting story of like, oh, former Apple engineers yeah, going to Windows? That that's, yeah, that's weird. weird. It might make them like, you know, cock their head and be like, what? That's strange, but that's good. Like, I think it'll convince them to click on that email and open it to get more of a story. Another subject line that we've drafted up for that Windows crowd is, Trusted Mac developer pivots and expands hardware to Windows. Same story there. It's like, you know, we're trusted Mac developers. We have a great reputation on the Apple side of things. And now we're going to expand. We have this interesting hardware product. Ooh, what is it? Click on the email and find out because we're we're going from the Mac to Windows world. I just think it's kind of that transition of like Mac to Windows is interesting because usually it's pretty polarizing. People tend to like stick in their lanes if you're a Mac developer or, or whatnot. So yeah, almost creating some controversy there with that one. Yeah, definitely. And the other thing I want to point out about these, these subject lines you've put together 
is they sound like something you could see on a tech news site. They sound like the title of a story. And that's very deliberate, right? Like Mm -hmm. that was no accident. I'm sure you did that, that they could like envision writing a story about it when they read a subject line like that. Yeah. It's different for every single news site, but you know, some news sites are going to do more like in-depth product reviews and others are just going to, you know, quickly put up a story about the launch. And for those sites that are, you know, putting up quick stories, you want to make it as easy as possible for them to write the story. And that's why, you know, later we'll talk about like actually writing the press email and like putting together a press kit. But you almost want to write the story for them, send them lines in your email that they can just really like copy and paste and put onto their new site. Just make it as easy as possible so that it's like an easy story for them to write and get up on their site as soon as possible. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Makes yeah. tons of sense. So now that we've talked about the subject line, we should dive, as you said, into the email itself. So what do you what's important to to put in the email that we're sending? Yeah. Well, first of all, there's a lot of stuff that you need to include in the email, but you also need to create a short email. Like you don't want to overwhelm these people, these journalists by, you know, they click into the email and it's like paragraphs of information. Oh my gosh. Like I hate email. And so the idea of that just is nauseating. So you want it to be short and sweet and right to the point, but there's some really critical info that you need in there. So first of all, you know, if there are any, links that you want to include. And I'd say the fewer the links, the better, because you don't want to like link out to 10 different things. And then they're like, oh, wait, which is the thing that I'm actually supposed to link to in the article? Like for us, we are only going to link to our Kickstarter page because that's what we want them to link to in the article. We don't want them to link to our website. No, we want them to send traffic right to our Kickstarter page. So kind of minimize the number of links you have in there. And then I like to include a photo in these emails, especially if it's like a new product launch. I want to include either like a photo of our hardware or like a photo, like a nice lifestyle photo that shows, you know, using Luna, you know, Windows running on your iPad. And then, you know, a very brief product description, like what your product does. And the last thing that you should really include is information about your embargo. So if you are launching at a specific time and you don't want journalists to post about your launch until that time, you need to be super clear about that. Like put it in bold, put it in red text, like clearly state like the date and the time that that embargo lifts. I've gotten, I made mistakes with this before where I like wasn't clear or like I made a mistake and then journalists have gotten a little bit snippy with me because they, because they, you know, were confused about the embargo time and that's not their fault. That's all on me to make it as easy as possible for them to know when to publish their story. So just to summarize, important information to include in those emails are, you know, a product description, a photo, like one photo, not a bunch of photos, just one photo, embargo information, and then 
the most important website link that you have. The other thing too that we found is if you have somebody that's really interested, they will generally reply to you and ask for more information. Yes. That's not always the case. We have had some people that just go off the press kit and produce an article from that. But the majority definitely, I would say, reply and say like, this is really cool. Where can I learn more? Or, or you know, maybe they want to talk to somebody. Maybe they have some questions over email, right? So that's one thing that, that we've learned about not having to include absolutely everything in the email. It's okay. They will ask for more information mm-hmm. if they're interested and if they need it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You don't, you don't want to put paragraphs in your email. Yeah, you just If they're interested, they'll ask. Yeah. You don't want that wall of text, right? This is like you open an email, it's just a wall of text. And you're like, oh my God, I can't read this. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the, the email. And how about actually contacting journalists? Yeah. What does that look like? So like I mentioned, we are using a press embargo for this launch. We are setting that, you know, around the time of our Kickstarter launch so that, you know, everything goes live pretty much at the same time. And then these journalists will hopefully publish their stories right as we're going live. And so we, when you set an embargo, you can be really clear about the time. And then, you know, you're asking journalists to respect that embargo time because, you know, if someone breaks the embargo and publishes it early, it kind of ruins the story for every other, you know, news site that's potentially publishing. Like everyone wants to be the first. And so it's better if everyone just publishes at the same time. So we set an embargo. And then as far as like when to contact journalists, it kind of depends based on who we're contacting. So we have divided up all of our press contacts based on who we're going to reach out to a week in advance, who we're only going to reach out to a day in advance. And for some press contacts, we're not going to reach out to them until our Kickstarter is well on its way and has already like gotten a lot of momentum because, you know, I call them like reach contacts, like the press sites that, you know, if they covered us, it would be amazing. Like we've never been covered by them before. Like an example would be maybe like Wired or like Fast Company. That would be super cool if they cover us, but they're not just going to cover any Kickstarter. And so there's a better chance that they would cover a Kickstarter that has a lot of momentum. And so we don't want to send them to our Kickstarter page until it's well on its way. So we hold off on emailing those people until after the launch. But for some of our more like dependable press contacts, we are going to email them in advance so that they can pretty much have some time to put their stories together. Our Kickstarter is launching in a week. So about five to six days out, we'll start reaching out to those people and say, hey, we're launching next week. Here's all the information. And then we'll also follow up with those people the day before the Kickstarter as a reminder, like, hey, just so you know, like we're launching tomorrow. I'm someone who appreciates reminders, and I think a lot of journalists do too, because we're all busy. And so there's no harm in like sending a follow-up email, even you know, if if they haven't responded to your email yet, especially send a follow-up email and just say, Hey, 
you know, we're launching tomorrow. Here's the information. And the follow-up thing totally works. I mean, the, oh, yeah. you know, re- re- yeah, even if they don't respond to the first email, I mean, a lot of times salespeople online trying to sell you stuff will do that all the time. There's a reason they all do it because it works, right? Like, but one thing I want to drill down on there too, specifically that you said is dependable press contacts, which if I'm somebody totally new to this, I'm thinking, I don't have any dependable press contacts. So how did these people become dependable press contacts? Mm, Yeah. Well, I think that press, like getting press is like a long-term relationship building exercise, really. Like you can't just think of like press as like a once a year thing to do when you have a product launch coming up. Like it's, something that you have to work on. And like with a lot of our press contacts, like we follow each other on Twitter now and like every once in a while, I'll like send them links to cool stuff that we're working on. Even if it's, you know, not something that I necessarily want to get pressed for, I just make them feel like I'm including them in the journey and like the evolution of the company so that when it does come time to like ask them to cover our story, they feel like they've been along for the ride. So yeah, press is really like a relationship building process that happens over a long period of time. And yeah, I'd say like in general, a majority of our traffic comes from like just a handful of press sites that are, you know, every time they publish and they send a bunch of traffic to our launches. And yeah, they've just over time, We've built up a great reputation with them. But if you're starting out and you don't have any press contacts, you definitely have some homework to do to build up your list of contacts, which is, you know, it's totally doable. It just takes time. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I was going to say, too, about the building relationship with the press, too, is over time, as with many of these contacts, we follow them on Twitter, they end up following us. You get into situations too where they might even ask for a comment on a story or want help understanding something and say like the tech industry. Depends on the industry that is for us. Often it's like the tech stuff. It might be Apple News, right? And there's no intention there of them publishing anything about us. They just want to like use you as a resource to call you up. And there's things like that too that help build a relationship with. And we're happy to help out, right? We're happy to be like, yeah, we can try to point you in the right direction or maybe they'll reach out looking for a source on something, you know, and it's not us, but if we can point them in the right direction, they're going to remember that. Mm-hmm. So being able to help each other out. And that also makes me think of some of the sites you were mentioning that are dependable sources of traffic for us. We've become a dependable provider of news stories for them, right? So it, it kind of works to each of our advantage as well, where it's like, okay, well, we know Astropad. Yeah, okay. They sent something over. This will make a good story. And then for on on our side, we get we get traffic from it, so it works out. Yeah, yeah. With press, you kind of have to think of it as like, <laughs> how can it benefit both parties? Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's why the controversy thing works well because if you can sort of like spin up a controversy or like create some you know controversial angle, like that's going to drive a lot of traffic for that new site. Like that's good for them. They're going to get, you know, people clicking on their website and then in turn you're going to get people clicking on your website. Yeah, you you want it to benefit everyone. Totally. Totally. Yeah. 
So if you don't have any press contacts, which you're getting to, mm-hmm. what do you need to do? You're starting from scratch. You got nothing. Like, how did we get our list? You know, now we've built up a substantial list, but we certainly didn't have that in the beginning. Yeah. Well, there aren't any shortcuts. It's really just a matter of being organized and doing your research. So we have a giant spreadsheet, which we've organized into our press contacts. And what I do, well, for example, for this upcoming launch, you know, it's the first time that we're going to the Windows crowd. Like we've never gotten press from Windows news sites. And so we were kind of starting from scratch there. And so what we did was we made a huge list of Windows news sites and we're just Googling like Windows news and just coming up with a giant list of tech sites that cover Windows stuff. And then from there with each site, you start poking around through the articles, looking for a journalist that would be a good fit to cover your product. So for us, like, you know, we're in the second display space. We're also in the hardware space. So when I'm looking for Windows journalists, I would be looking for journalists who have written stories about either other second display competitors or, you know, hardware devices, you know, to hardware accessories for your Windows machines. I'm going to identify that journalist and then I'm going to find their email address, which sometimes (laughs) feels creepy. Sometimes it's really easy. Like their email address will be right there on the website. Sometimes you have to go to their Twitter and then it's there. Sometimes you got to like do a little more digging. I mean, maybe it's creepy, but it gets the job done. Yeah, you got it. That's what you got to do. Yeah. We got some success with Twitter too, reaching out to start, you know, especially journalists that are active on Twitter. And let's be real, most journalists love Twitter and they have tons of followers and they're on there all the time. So that's a good place yeah. to, to try to track people down. Yeah. Like if you can't find an email and, you know, you're able to DM them, why not? Like shoot your shot. There's no harm in that. So yeah, pretty much we have that giant spreadsheet and we're just always adding to it. We stumble across a new site. Cool. Put it on the sheet, find someone who would be a good press contact, reach out to that person. If they don't respond, find another person from that site. (laughs) Gotta be relentless. You have to be relentless. Sometimes it's like, not the first person or the second person that you reach out to just like keep being annoying. And eventually, you know, they're either like deleting your emails or they're going to get back to you. And yeah, you just gotta, gotta go for it. So yeah, we have that giant spreadsheet and we just try to stay super organized with it for every single launch that we do. We like duplicate the spreadsheet and then keep track of like, okay, we've contacted this person and then we've contacted this person a second time and then okay this person covered our story and we include a link to their coverage so yeah there's really no secret sauce you just have to do research be a little bit creepy yeah, <laughs> so it's a grind. Yeah. yeah there's no there's no magic trick right and the other thing too is as you said we keep track of when people cover us and another thing, be sure to reach out and say thanks. We always try to do that too after somebody, because that's another opportunity, you know, for you to, to genuinely thank them for the coverage. And then another opportunity too to work on establishing a relationship. To, yes. 
drop something else in there, you know, ask them if there's other ways you can be helpful. Yeah. Always say thank you. Yeah. And for example, like earlier this month, we got a little bit of press coverage for this new teleprompter mode feature that we did. And I made sure to reach out and say thank you. And then I also said, oh, hey, by the way, like in a few weeks, we're going to be launching <laughs> Windows on Kickstarter. And then they'd always be like, oh, cool. Like, let me know. I definitely want to cover that. And so you just have to, yeah, make them feel like they're along for the ride. And yeah, there's no secret. You just have to put in the work. Definitely. And something else you'll see around the web when you're looking at press stuff is put together a press kit. And what do you think, Savannah? Do you need a press kit? I say yes. We don't always use press kits. Kind of depends on what we're launching, like what the story is. But for our upcoming launch, it's such a big thing that we have a press kit. And what that press kit includes is downloads for product images and like a video embed code. And then it also includes just some really basic information about the product. And again, this is where some of these news sites, they could literally just go onto our press kit, copy and paste what we've already written and have a story together. Like we're trying to make it as easy as possible for them to cover our story. And then of course the press kit also has information about our embargo and, you know, a link to our Kickstarter page. But the whole idea is like if they want more information and they want images and stuff, it's just super easy and it's right there for them. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely great advice. And anything else you'd add? Any final words of advice you'd add to somebody starting out pitching pitching the press for the first time? You know, I actually have one more thing with our press kit that I wanted to add. We've like changed up how we've done press kits. Like it seems like every time we're always, you know, trying something new. This time around, we're using Notion and we're, you know, it's we're publishing the page publicly on the web so that we can just send a link out to anyone. But I like that because it makes it really easy to format and we don't have to like mess around with WordPress. It's super easy. It looks good. It's clean. Yeah. So we're using Notion and I think I would do it again with our press kit. Yeah. It's super easy to put together too and looks great. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, as far as other last minute advice or last advice for press, there really isn't any secret. You just have to like do your research and then really put your mind into the shoes of these outlets and like who their readers are. What's the pitch? Like what are they going to click on and be interested in? You don't have to pitch the same angle for your product to every news site. You can change it up and never be afraid to play up the controversy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and don't be afraid to email too, right? And to follow yeah. up because I've seen other people say that before. Oh, I'm afraid about contacting this person. No, just go for it. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Also, don't be afraid of rejection. Like, okay, so I don't have any like hard stats for this, but for our launches, like next week's Kickstarter launch, we're probably going to send, I don't know, like 150 emails. We'll maybe hear back from like 20 if we're lucky. And that's just how it is. Like, you never know. You just got to send it, put in the work. Don't be afraid of rejection. <laughs> and those 20 that will get a response for, you have to remember, we've been at this for a number of years too. So that 
ratio is even better than it'll be starting out. So if you get one out of a hundred, like you're, that's pretty you know, good. That, that, that is good. You're making it work, right? So yeah, don't just email five people and be like, oh, nobody responded. I guess I am not good at this. You got to keep at it. You got to keep at it. It's a grind for sure. Yeah. And it's just a huge expanse of, you know, responses that you'll get. You'll get people emailing you and they're kind of like pissed at you for even emailing them in the first place. Maybe they're just having a bad day. Sometimes you'll get emails back and they'll be like, oh my gosh, this is so cool working on a story for it now. It's just all over the place. You could always just be sending someone an email on like a bad day for them. It's yeah. Don't take it personally. Just keep going. Well, thanks, Savannah. That was good advice. And I hope it helps some people getting started pitching the press. Hopefully it helps some people get some coverage out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll report back once our Kickstarter is out there. We'll have to, you know, talk about what worked because we learn something new every time. Oh, yeah. We should do that every time we learn something new. Talk mm-hmm. about what, what worked. Pitching the press what we wish we would have done differently. Yeah. We'll follow up. Sounds good. Well, good talking to you, Savannah. All right. Thank you. 